welcome back to episode three of From Scratch, a podcast that explores the world of STEM and startups. Today, we will be joined by Dr. Prashant Saudikal to learn about data science. Dr. Saudikal is the founder of DBP Institute, a data and analytics consulting, research, and education firm based in Calgary, Canada. He is a consultant, author, keynote speaker, board member, and professor of data and analytics. Dr. Saudikal has advised over 80 organizations, including PNG, GE, Shell, Apple, FedEx, and McDonald's. He is the author of three books, Data for Performance, Analytics Best Practices, and Data Quality, and writes regularly on data, analytics, and machine learning in Forbes, SAP Insider, and CFO University. He serves on the editorial board of the MIT CDOIQ Symposium and is an advisor at GRIASoft, EvaluServe, and Astral Insights. Apart from his consulting and adversary pursuits, he has trained over 3,500 professionals worldwide in data and analytics. Dr. Sadikal is also an adjutant professor of data and analytics at IE Business School in Madrid, Spain, and CDO Magazine included him in the top 75 global academic leaders of 2022. In addition, CIO Look listed Dr. Sadikal as the 10 most influential leaders in tech to follow in 2023. He holds a PhD from ESC Lille, France, an MBA from Kellogg School of Management in USA, and has an ICDD designation from the Rotman School of Management in Canada. He lives between Calgary, Canada, and Madrid, Spain, with his wife, two children, and high-energy golden doodle dog. Outside of work, he loves juggling and playing cricket. Mainly, my first question is, like, what is data science in, like, um, layman terms? Because many... Well, at least in school for us, data science is like a major that's been talked about, but no one really like knows what it is. They just, it's just name dropped. So like, could you explain what data science really is? Sure. Um, so in a very simple language, it is using the data that companies and the organizations have captured to run their businesses or organizations and using this data to understand the companies more, the performance more by deriving insights. Um, so that's so it doesn't have to be always companies. It could be also for an individual or even for your personal finance, for example. Say you get you have a lot of data which you are collected on, say Fitbit, for example, and you want to look at all the data which is about your uh, number of steps you have walked, your blood pressure, all those things which you can which you can download the data and analyze how your performance has been. It could be also on your financial performance. Say you have. Uh, you have about $100,000 in your account and you have bought stocks of Apple, Tesla, and Walmart. And you want to say how the performance of these companies are and what the performance of these companies going to be in the future. So you can apply data science techniques, which is practically statistical techniques and derive uh, more insights. So overall, if you believe in the concepts of measurement and performance management, that's what data science is all about. Using data to measure and improve performance in simple language. Okay, that's really cool. So it like ties in with like computer science and like mainly like just research in general. Yeah. So overall in the business world, I call them as three building blocks. Like you can call them like a Venn diagram, an intersection of three circles. The first circle is about business. Uh, the second circle where the real, the problem is, what are the, what is the problem? What is the opportunity which we are trying to solve? What is the entity which we are trying to measure and improve its performance? So everything about the business or the entity, the measurement entity, I would say. 
The second thing is about computer science, which is all about programming, because when the data is there, you have to query the, you have to extract the data, you have to analyze the data, you have to process the data, so on and so forth. So that's number two. The number three is maths or statistics. So where you are looking at the data and trying to interpret it and make sense out of the data. So overall, I look at a Venn diagram of three circles, where number one is about the business, number two is about uh, computer science, number three is about maths or statistics. An intersection of these three areas is uh, is what uh, what generally you apply at work. Oh, that's so, really so, nice. so these are the, by the way, these are all the hard skills, right? Like where, where you can go to the university and learn. But at the same time, when you work in a company, there's a lot of soft skills also which really matter like your communication skills, your collaborative skills, critical thinking, and all those things. So they're also equally important. So as to succeed in this field, you require those hard skills, the three areas which I mentioned, business, computer programming, and uh, mathematics, and, and the soft skills as well, which is to work with people, communicate uh, things well, so on and so forth. Yeah, um, that actually leads me into like, that's a perfect transition for my next question, which is mainly like, if you want to pursue, like say a student wants to pursue a uh, future in like data science and data analytics field, what like three like characteristics or qualities are like the foundation that they need to be successful in the field? Yeah, so if you look at data science as such, you are trying to solve a particular problem. Uh, so you need to understand the domain, the problem domain well. So the data science can be applied to finance, it can be applied to engineering, it can apply to uh, medical sciences, it can be applied to nonprofits, whatever it is. So be good in that particular area where uh, uh, where uh, the problem can be surfaced. Um, so so that's number one. So data science, in my opinion, again this is my opinion, <laughs> is not like a pure is not like a pure discipline per se. You are applying those techniques to solve a problem. It's like, it's like a toolkit. You know, the utility of the toolkit comes into play only when you know how to use the tool. So if you don't know how to use the tool, then the toolkit is practically useless, right? Data science is pretty much uh, um, that, um, that kind of world. So you need to know where to apply the tool. <clears throat> so the first thing that matters is, strong understanding of the problem, which could be an engineering business, whatever it is. So that's number one. Next number two is about programming skills, which is whether you are in electrical engineering or biomedical engineering, or whether you are pursuing your business like accounting or whatever, a good programming skill would really help. Like one, one programming language, which I recommend is uh, Python. Uh, that's, uh, that's what I recommend. And the third one is about some good, statistical skills so not like a very high level uh, statistical skills but uh, grade 12 skills like what you learn in uh, grade 12 which is all about statistics calculus uh, linear algebra those kind of the fundamentals right at high school level mathematics so if you are good in that that should be good. that should be that should be okay so um, overall a good understanding of the problem domain which could be engineering business whatever how to apply those, uh, how to apply, how to use data to solve the problem within that area, because every domain these days is capturing a lot of data, which could be done through uh, uh, Python or other commercial tools like Tableau and Power BI and so on. And the third thing is a good, uh, good uh, understanding of uh, statistics and mathematics. Yeah, this seems like a very like interesting field. Yeah, for us in school, we just like, we have 
thrown it out as like similar to computer science, but not really like gone into what really is. So I was wondering what really like got you into this field? What was like the inspiration um, that you pursued to, to be in like data science for? It's a it's a combination of many factors which which uh, which uh, came together. The first thing is I was doing my PhD. When when you're doing PhD in any discipline, you are working with a lot of data, statistical tools, and everything to analyze your uh, research. So that gave me uh, that gave me an uh, kind of an introduction to uh, to the world of statistics and uh, and uh, uh, data analysis. Then uh, when I was in G, I worked for a company called General Electric. So they used a philosophy or a methodology called Lean Six Sigma, which is basically in today's world is what data science is all about, using data mm -hmm. to solve a business problem. So I got to know more about how do you use those statistical or data, data science technique to solve a business problem. That's number two. Number three is uh, the opportunity as well. So these days companies capture a lot of data and every company right now is kind of a data company. Like if you look at Expedia, for example, if you remove data out of Expedia, it's practically nothing. Google is a, is a great company because they have a lot of good data. So every company today is a, is a data company. Even during COVID, Moderna came up with the vaccine so quickly yeah, and uh, the credit for that goes to data. So today every company, whether you are in travel, whether you're in technology, whether you're in healthcare, or pharma, everybody is, uh, is using data. So third thing is um, the opportunity because lots of data is captured uh, these days and companies struggle to use that data effectively. So I would say a combination of uh, quite a few things, uh, my mm -hmm. PhD background, my industry background, the opportunities in the market, uh, all those things came together and I tried to tap into that. That's nice. Um, so like mainly, so you, what were you doing like you were like PhD in before you really got into like data science or was it data science from the beginning? No, but you know, I started as a programmer in, uh, in India. Uh, so then uh, I, I slightly advanced my, in my company and became like a team lead and manager and everything. So parallelly, I was doing my part-time PhD as well. So, uh, so uh, I was working in the industry, uh, in the company as well as doing a part-time PhD. So in 2014, I completed my PhD and that gave me more opportunities, um, especially in research, in teaching, uh, all those areas. So my mm -hmm. PhD was not in data science per se. It was more about measurement and uh, performance management, with that, which is what data science is all about. It's all about measurement and performance management. Uh, so then, uh, yeah, I leveraged it and I used it at work as well. Oh, that's very cool. About how, I'm always like interested in how people get where they are. And I've learned that I think from like you and then from a couple of other people that's never like a linear pathway. No one has their eyes set on the one goal and it just usually branches out. So I find that very interesting. Um, so another question I had was like, you've published three books, right? What inspired you to publish these books? Like just to like spread knowledge or like, what's yeah, the Yeah, spreading knowledge was definitely one thing. The, the so second thing is given the work which I do, which is consulting, um, it's also a great branding tool because uh, people, it's almost like you are a 200 page CV or a 300 page CV, which is out in Amazon. Uh, so people uh, buy your book and then they uh, connect uh, with you in LinkedIn and uh, send a note to you, and uh, then we start our consulting engagement. So the first thing is about, uh, about sharing knowledge because I just want to share the knowledge, number one. 
Next mm -hmm. number two is uh, the need, which is my business itself requires me to market my uh, my services, market me uh, about uh, my work and all those things. So that's why I wrote this uh, wrote this uh, book as well. So those are the two major reasons: the work as well as uh, uh, as well as uh, leaving a legacy. Oh, it's very um, how do I say it's it's very like broad. It covers a lot of different like. <laughs> needs and such um so yeah you are like the founder of the dbp institute right was that your like first business or was it like a, was there like a series of businesses before no <laughs> so it was it is my first business so you know i was working for a company in india they transferred me to canada in 2009 and after a couple of years i quit the company and i started my own uh dbp institute in 2012 so my company basically does three things in the world of digital data and analytics. It's consulting where we go to the companies and help them to get value out of data and analytics. That's number one. Next number two is education, which is basically teaching, writing, speaking, all those, including the three books which I've written. So the third, second stream is all about education. And the third stream is research services to help the early stage companies um, uh, market their product uh, well or services uh, well. So in crafting that message, in uh, in uh, defining the marketing strategies, the sales strategy, the product market fit, so on and so forth. So overall, my company does three major things. One is consulting, which is majority of the work. Then number two is teaching, where I'm a professor at a, a business school in Madrid. I teach for many uh, corporates and, and all those things. And the third thing is about uh, research services, which is all about writing analyst reports, doing the research, giving feedback to the companies about what market is looking at, how they can uh, pivot or, uh, or, uh, or alter their uh, offering and everything. Oh, that's very, you have a lot of things going on just yeah, in the one uh, company. No, it's, it's three things, but all in uh, data and analytics. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of things which I reuse. Uh, what I uh, uh, what I see in consulting, if I find this an interesting problem, I, I write a blog out of it. So it's uh, so it's it's not it might look like a little bit overwhelming for a person who is seeing it from outside. But uh, when you are inside, it's practically reusing it and repurposing what you what you already have. Oh, yeah. So repurposing like the same information for different audiences. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, using this information and slightly altering it for a different need, different purpose, and everything. So the underlying the base is pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's like the the pizza, right? The base of the pizza is the same. So the topping really <laughs> changes the taste <laughs> of the pizza. <laughs> yeah. Um. So mainly, like another question I had was mainly like it's one of it's like an opinionated one of like. What do you think like the future of data science is going to look like? Say like I'm the class of 2024 for high school. So by the time I graduate college can be like 2028. So like around that time, what do you expect like the workforce to be uh, in like data science? Hmm. No, companies are going to capture more and more data going forward. So the, the, the way data is used to measure and improve business performance is going to is going to exist. It's going so every year. This year or early last year, we saw ChatGPT coming into the play, which is also leveraging data. So the so there's going to be more and more tools and uh, offerings coming because of the data that is available. So that's number one. Uh, the number two is utilization of data. So I believe 
every person is going to be a data person just like how as how your communication skills really matter at work your data skill will become almost like a commodity skill it's expected that everybody knows how to use data so it's like nobody will hire you uh, purely based on your communication skills or negotiation skills or interpersonal skills they assume that you are good in that nobody will tell you in a in a in a job posting your communication has to be good it's given that when you apply your communication skills are good the same thing will happen with data as well so when they say that they need a marketing manager so the assumption is that this marketing manager knows how to use data and make analysis of it when they hire and uh, say an oil and gas uh, drilling engineer the assumption is that he already knows how to use data when they hire a python programmer the assumption is that he already knows how to work with uh, data so that's what, what the fundamental skills uh, or the essential skills of uh, data analytics will come into the will come into the picture i don't see the current uh, trend where you have data scientists uh, that uh, that uh, jobs growing significantly but all other jobs marketing finance engineering all other jobs would encompass a huge component of uh, data analytics mm -hmm. so many like you think that yeah. the, say if you are a physician if correct mm -hmm. if you are a physician you need to know how to work with data if you are a nurse you need to know how to work with data so today that expectation might not be there but in the next five to 10 years, that expectations will come. If you are a banker, mm -hmm. you know how to work with data. If you're an accountant, you should know how to work with data. Uh, do all this analysis, which is descriptive, which is all about historical performance, predictive analytics, prescriptive analytics, diagnostics, all those things you are, you are expected to know. Okay, that's that's nice. So like everyone pursuing a degree now can have, they have a wide variety of opportunities. So that's- Yeah, that's absolutely, great. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so another thing was mainly knowing what you know, like now, um, what would you give your, like, what advice would you give yourself? Like, say you're like high school self about like pursuing a field in like engineering and STEM. What advice would you give yourself that, well, your previous self? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I would say two things. Well, uh, number one is, um, uh, focus on a specific niche skill which is which is where the skills are difficult to acquire mm -hmm. like if you have to pick two skills find the one which is difficult to acquire because anything that's difficult to acquire will will be high paying where you enjoy there will be less <laughs> competition and everything yes. uh, so that's number one Next number two is about soft skills. When I talk about soft skills, the two most important things are uh, uh, communication, which which uh, which is writing, reading, and listening, and the second one is about working with people. Mm. So these are the three major things. One is pick a uh, pick the skills which is very difficult to, uh, which is not easy to acquire. <laughs> so whatever it is, so if you find two skills to choose, find out which one is easier to acquire. Uh, that's number one then improve your uh, soft skills as well yeah be a well-rounded person in general yeah 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 so what niche skill do you think you like possess that has set you apart from everyone else <laughs> so 
Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting uh, question. So basically, I would say that uh, you know, taking a process and digitizing it, and once you digitize it, the output of the digital work is basically data, and mm -hmm. taking the data and improving the process back is my skill. So it's basically if you look at digital data analytics, I work on these three circles, and again take back, make it like a cycle so that I can keep back and iterate it over multiple uh, times. So that's mm -hmm. what uh, so that's what uh, I think I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a, I know it's like a very hard question <laughs> to answer, uh, but what are you good at? <laughs> that's a tier part. So yeah, I think, I think that was a wonderful like explanation personally. Um, there's like, for me, I would say like, I've always wanted to learn about data science, but like, not many people, at least around in my like school or anything, really know much about it. So I thank you for coming on the podcast. It's, it's very it's a nice opportunity for me and whoever listens. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Isha. It's been a pleasure. Great questions. And uh, I hope uh, my answers were helpful to you and your audience. Of course, of course. Um, so I do have a couple more questions. Um, yeah. So one being like, what venture, what like in your journey into like where you are now, what mainly was a, was something that you didn't uh, expect, but it was like a good thing, like something um, that uh, an unexpected event that was like ended up hap like happy, such. Yeah, so that's a great question. So two things uh, happened. The first thing is, you know, when I moved from India to Canada, uh, to Calgary specifically, Calgary was pretty much an oil town. And when I started my company, uh, my first uh, contract was with an oil company and I was there for almost four years. So at the end of uh, in the fourth year or the fifth year, the oil price tanked in 2016 and uh, the company didn't have work. They were laying off people and the company didn't have work to keep me and uh, my company's contract was not renewed. So um, at that time, I felt uh, a bit disappointed that, uh, you know, uh, I don't have a gig, I don't have a contract, I don't have an income. But what I did was um, two things. Uh, uh, number one, I started looking at opportunities outside Calgary. So I started building my network, especially in US. So that's number one. Number two is uh, during that lull time when I was without work, I wrote my first book, which is Data for Business Performance. Uh, so that's number two. Then number three is my PhD. Though I had the PhD, it was kind of dormant. I never used it. So then I said, okay, let me pull my PhD out and see whether I can go and uh, use that PhD as a degree as, an, uh, as a teacher, as a professor. So I used those uh, three, um, I did those three things. So today, you know, if you look back in 2016, I was disappointed. But in 2023, uh, all my revenues or 95% of the company's revenues are coming from U.S., number mm -hmm. one. Uh, after writing my first book, I got an opportunity to write two more books. Uh, that's uh, number two. And uh, today, you know, as for, because of PhD, um, uh, uh, which was just lying in a corner, uh, so I used it, and now uh, I'm a teacher, I'm a professor, and everything. So the number one is, uh, you know, though it looked like a disappointment in 2015 or 2016, but actually it turned out to be a blessing in uh, uh, disguise. 
uh, for me, but now it's uh, things are much better. So I don't have to. I have my networks are much more broader. My skill sets are much more broader. My uh, uh, my opportunities are much broader and everything. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, could you give us more like insight of what your books are really about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so the okay. It's here. So this is the first book which I wrote, which is Data for Business Performance. So this is uh, based on my PhD work, which I used a measurement framework called GQM, which stands for Goal, Question, Metric. So this book I wrote mainly because what I saw in the, in the field, in the industry, was that people thought that data was more of an IT or a techie domain, and the business don't have to worry about it. But I said it's a combination of three circles, where we need IT, business, IT and business especially, two people come together to solve this problem. So I wrote this book in plain, simple English for the business people to understand the IT language. So mm -hmm. that's uh, number one. Then I wrote this second book, which is Analytics Best Practices during COVID. I wrote this during the COVID time, and this is basically my experience, my research, everything on the 10 best analytics practices companies can uh, implement because I see most of the analytics projects failing. So in my, in what research I've done, what, uh, what I have seen both uh, failed as well as successful ones. Uh, so I, I wrote this as, uh, as a second book. In fact, last year, um, one publication house ranked this book as the best analytics book of all time. So this is the <laughs> second book. And uh, this one is from a different publisher, which is called Wiley. Uh, they are the world's biggest publisher, and uh, I published my third book on data quality, which is uh, which is about how do you make because you we know that garbage in is garbage out in, uh, in mm -hmm. computer science, right? So if you give bad data to your Python programmer, the Python programmer will give a program will give you a bad insight as well. So you need to feed good quality data. So what is this good quality data all about? So I wrote this in this book again in plain simple English for anybody for even a layman to understand about what data quality is all about. So my writing style is basically, I want to write it in plain, simple words so that uh, the audience understand what I'm trying to uh, talk, yeah. That's really nice. I'll add it to my like reading list of yeah. books to read. Yeah, um, that's really, really cool. Um, do you have any like advice you want to say for like anyone pursuing a like degree in data science or like who wants to like get a start in the data science world? Uh, you know, sure, there are, uh, they can go to the university or even if you are not in an university which is specializing in data science, there's a bunch of uh, courses in Coursera, which you can take practically for free. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of courses even in YouTube and, and many other places which you can get for uh, free. So I would recommend uh, um, taking the Coursera courses, uh, but at the same time, I would also warn people, the Coursera courses generally are tough and you require <laughs> a lot of discipline <laughs> uh, because there is no instructor giving assignments and everything. If you don't follow the, if you don't uh, follow the uh, rhythm or uh, routine, uh, then uh, you will be lost with uh, Coursera. So the Coursera courses are good, but the price for that is, um, discipline you have to uh, you have to be very disciplined uh, there uh, there is a bunch of materials in youtube like i believe microsoft has put all the python courses in youtube i think it's 48 modules or something where somebody can master python 
uh, by watching those videos. And of course, you can do them as well because it's an uh, it's a free programming language, everything. So um, I would suggest uh, people to leverage the free resources which are there in the internet um, and uh, and uh, and build one more skill while they are in the while they are in the university. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, it's very tangible advice. I'd say very specific in it. Um, so I would say you could, you could call yourself like an entrepreneur, right? Since you did start your own company. Um, what advice would you have for like future like entrepreneurs who want to start a like business in like data science or like a business in general? Yeah. <laughs> the the first thing is uh, about entrepreneurship is it's not easy. It's very tough. Uh, so there are ups and downs uh, in your uh, life. Sometimes the business is doing well. Sometimes the business is not doing well. So you need some kind of lot of uh, persistence and resiliency uh, to, to be an entrepreneur. Like if you are working for a corporate job, every uh, month you get a fixed salary, uh, fixed job and everything. But an entrepreneur, it's, it's fun. It's, it goes um, uh, up and down. So that's number one. So overall, I would say, uh, I'll call it as um, three Fs of entrepreneurship. Uh, the, the first one is it gives you a lot of freedom. So when I, now I'm talking about the positive aspects. <laughs> uh, it gives you a lot of freedom to pursue what you want to do. Like, uh, like uh, the, this podcast itself. So as soon as you asked, I said, I'm up for it, right? Whereas if I had to work for a corporate, it wouldn't have been so easy. I need to get permission from my boss and boss would say, let's go and get it from the HR department. <laughs> Often, I'm not saying that all companies are like that, but in many companies, uh, there's law, is not, uh, the freedom is, uh, there's rules and regulations where you have to work in a, in a corporate. Uh, what you say, what you don't say, all those things are to align with the corporate policy. Whereas as an entrepreneur, you are free. There's a lot of freedom to pursue what you want to do. Uh, that's number one. Number two is uh, uh, flexibility. Um, so so uh, sometimes, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, I don't work. I just go for a walk during working hours. But on even on Saturday, Sunday, I work. So there's a lot of flexibility in your, uh, in your, uh, uh, in your schedule. Um, so, so that's number uh, two. But at the same time, you work, you work a lot as well. So every week I work almost like 50 to 60 hours a week. A week, whereas if you are in the corporate, generally people work for about 40, 40 hours or so. Where here as you are working easily, every week you are working 60 hours. Even on even when you are on vacation, you are working. Uh, that's number uh, two. So it's a lot of freedom, flexibility, but you work uh, work a lot as well. Uh, the third F would be fun. There's a lot of fun in as an entrepreneur. You are meeting very smart people, very people who are very driven, um, so very varied. Like you meet people from different part of the world and uh, they have some great ideas, great perspectives about life and everything. So there's a lot of fun in uh, 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 being an entrepreneur as well. Uh, the fourth one is finance. Uh, so if things go well, you make good money. Uh, so, uh, like for example, for Facebook founder, he started as an entrepreneur. Today he's a multi-billionaire, right? Mm -hmm. Bill Gates. Started as an entrepreneur. Today he has built a, he is also a multi-billionaire. Elon Musk, 
all those people are entrepreneurs. They started their own company and uh, you make uh, good money as well. So there's a lot of finance, but there is a condition also. If you do, if things go well, a uh, lot of companies don't uh, do well and uh, many uh, companies uh, close down as well. So I would say uh, these four F. And the last one, I would say the fifth F would be failures. So mm -hmm. you fail a lot. As an entrepreneur, there are many things uh, which you do, which you try to do will not work. So you need to you need to be having that kind of a growth mindset, uh, saying that okay, this is not the end of the world. So you have to bounce back and uh, and go to the next one. So these are the five uh, apps of uh, entrepreneurship, which I would say. And again, I would say it's not for everyone. A lot of hard work. There's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of humiliation as well. Um, so I've seen when I send a note to a client uh, or a prospect, they just delete your mail. So, uh, so it's uh, there's a lot of humiliation as well. So, so but these are the five uh, Fs: freedom, flexibility, fun, finance, and failure. That's very like <laughs> I like how you sum everything up in like so like clear points and it's like it's like a nice little bow and top. Very nice. Um, so that pretty concludes all my like questions I had. So, do you have any like closing advice? For like any high school student, which is I'm pretty sure my like target audience. So any closing advice? Uh, not specifically. So it's better. Um, yeah, then no, 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 network with people, keep learning. Uh, uh, so uh, I would say the the first one would be on learning when you are in the university. Focus on learning uh, good tangible skills. That's number one. Next number two, network. So today it's much easier to network than uh, during the times when I was in the university. So you have internet has made things much, much easier. You have this uh, social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those things are made uh, uh, much easier to connect with people, to collaborate people anywhere in the world. So uh, number two would be network. And next number three is um, would be to, once you uh, finish off your uh, work, uh, 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 spend your money wisely. Don't spend unnecessarily. Uh, be careful with your money as well. Mm. Wise words. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. I feel like I've learned a lot in like the short amount of time and it was very insightful. And I hope okay. you have Thanks, a uh, Isha. And that concludes episode three of From Scratch, hosted by me, Isha Shinoi. I hope everyone learned a lot about data science and analytics today. And I also hope that you continue on this learning journey with me in the next episode. See you then.